buildingyourband.com. Dude, it is so good to be talking to you, man. I'm so glad we could catch up. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be talking to you too, Peter. It's been a few months since we met up, but I'm glad we've made this happen. Yeah, yeah, it's been a few months. Um, so, hey, I so I sat in on your workshop, had a um, just a fantastic time. I was so glad Good. to see the kinds of things that you were talking about, and then just the way you kind of walked um, people through it and walked walked a team of um, even like really different vocalists through um how to blend and what what it is you're looking for from a vocal team um Mm. but i don't i don't want to jump ahead i want to back up first can we can we kind of start can you give us some background um so first off you're australian yep that's right born in (laughs) melbourne australia quite a while ago now all right but relocated to nashville tennessee in 2002 i was playing bass guitar in a little band called pc3 for short our full name was paul coleman trio okay and uh, you had a great time. That was me and Paul Coleman and a buddy, Phil Gordian, on drums. And okay. we had this little band in Australia, and we relocated and we're on a label and all that. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I, that's the other reason I was so glad to cross paths with you because I love Paul Coleman Trio. And oh. I don't know if I would have, <laughs> I don't know how I would have came across them, but I've been listening. I loaded up all your tunes uh, in iTunes and I've been listening. And I, I'm, I'm like, it feels like you've got some of the sensibilities of Sonic Flood still present but it's for those of us who have maybe grown up since well maybe yeah but although the paul <laughs> coleman trio predated sonic flood for me i really i joined sonic flood after the paul coleman trio oh, yeah get out okay yeah interesting interesting so i think they maybe they were influenced by me uh, you know, and by that's us. what i'm sure it was <laughs> i'm sure they heard you guys no i don't was like, think so <laughs> oh that's really interesting i did not realize that okay yeah, All so right. Paul Comentreo finished or took a big long break, I should say, in about two thousand four. Yeah. And um, my wife and I decided to stay in Nashville, where we where we still live today. Okay. And look for other opportunities to be sort of a freelance touring session bassist, right. which I managed to string together for a few years. But that's a tough game. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough game. <laughs> not not as bad as like being a trombone player, but no, no. <laughs> But you know, every- the difference between a frog driving across town and a trombone player driving across town? <laughs> the frog just might be going to a paid gig. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, trombone players, but you know it's true. And that's me. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, Peter. No, that, that's why I set that up. Uh, so you you start in Australia. You've moved to – kind of give us some of your background in, in music. Like, how, how did you get involved with music? Is it Was it something in your family or – yeah, yeah. Well, my, my mother was the pianist slash organist um, uh, at, always in the church that I was attending with okay. my family, raised okay. in the church. My dad played sort of ragtime piano in a little band wow. um, called, the, called the Four Zacks. Okay. And they actually made an LP, you know, nice. and, which, I, which I have. It sounds terrible, but my dad a, was a good player, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, so there's a lot of music in the house. It was always pianos. It was always instruments. And from my earliest memories, I was sent to piano lessons and uh, was was sort of uh, placed in marching brass bands playing cornet and then flugelhorn, then E-flat tenor horn. Then when wow. I got to high school, I was playing trumpet. Wow. And, cool. Uh, yeah. And, and singing in choirs. And uh, piano was sort of on and off. But, but something happened after I finished high school where – 
music had been something I quite enjoyed, but was just sort of doing it because I'd been told to and because I had some abilities in it, I right, guess. Right. People kept on asking me to keep playing and right. it wasn't really exciting for me. But then uh, I guess I picked up a bass guitar and it wasn't even my own. And immediately okay. I was in three bands, you know. Oh, oh you play bass? Yeah. yeah. Can you join my band? Sure. <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I had some musical ability and some mm-hmm. musicality, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I realized mm-hmm. that. And then I started playing, you know, not using notation. All right. Um, but with some notation knowledge. Right, because right, you grew up reading notes in, in I bands. I grew up reading and notes, and that's what you do. And, you yeah. play what you're reading. And now right. it was like, play what you feel, play what you think works. Right. And I loved it. It just exploded for me. You know, music exploded for me. Yeah. And so I just started playing bass, and very early, even with absolutely no real bass guitar ability, I right. realized that, you know, I could do this. I could do this and be really happy. If, wow. if I could make a living doing this, this would be amazing. Yeah. 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 Wow. Awesome. So you started, you start finding a couple different bands and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you, just, just buddies from high school, buddies yeah. from church, yeah. you know, just playing together. Sometimes it was just jamming for the joy of it. Okay. And uh, sometimes it was preparing for a gig, and there was like I remember one. I think my first gig playing bass guitar, if I remember correctly, was was a band thrown together to play for a youth group talent quest, and we called oh, ourselves nice. Rat Sandwich. <laughs> yeah, classy name. And I think I wore a T-shirt that I'd splattered with paint, red paint, so oh, it looked like man. blood spills. <laughs> yeah, although it was it was like acrylic house paint, and it dried right. all hard and rigid, and it was terribly uncomfortable, but. It was all uh, about the look. That's awesome. Everyone has their high school band story that they're hang on to fondly, but they're a little uh, a little cringeworthy at the same time. Right. <laughs> and you know, it's really tough to be a professional musician in Australia. You know, there's just such a small population, and oh. the distances between places is right. enormous. Right. And I really wanted to be a pro, but trying to work out how. I was in a really over serious original band called The Choice. Okay. Uh, that never did anything. Okay. But I thought, I would love to be professional, but I can't work out how. So me and some friends formed a cover band. And that started several years playing cover bands around Melbourne and my home state of Victoria. Okay. You know, getting 110, 120, 90 bucks a night. Wow. And trying to string together three or four gigs a weekend so I could right. pay the rent and my own right. plan. Yeah. Wow. Wow. If you quite if you get Bon Jovi stuff or Tool <laughs> even, uh, playing pop, what you know, whatever was on the radio nice. there was a hit, we played the Macarena if we had to, you know. <laughs> nice. Anything. And I realized during that time that the greater joy with music is actually helping people connect rather than playing nice. what I think is cool and the way I want to, even though there's some joy with that, and that never has totally left me. Right. But it's much more fun to see people switched on. Wow. You know, go, wow, music's great. I want to dance or I want to. And, yeah. And as that overlap with the church, you know, it's like in, in the Christian church where I do a lot of my music now and, and have for many years, it's like helping people connect with each other through a song. Right. And we believe we can connect more deeply with God through yeah. a song. Yes. That's more right. fun than me playing what I think is cool <laughs> or hip or, you know my way see i love this perspective that you bring um to your music now and it it seems like your journey has really informed so much of that your musical journey oh yeah absolutely so tell me musical journey yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a little u2 reference if anyone wants to know (laughs) but uh tell us a little bit more about that like what 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 are some of the nuggets that kind of inform 
what you're trying to do today because you're you're giving back in so many real tangible ways but it's from these lessons learned along the way yeah um gosh there are so many uh i think i learned this wonderful paradox of less is more yeah um play play more simply uh well good Mm -hmm. tone good timing Mm -hmm. good tuning Mm-hmm. well-chosen notes, mm-hmm. that actually helps this connection that I was striving for happen more easily than a lot of notes. Almost, almost always. Almost always. So, right. yeah, I, I learned less is more. Playing what's right is more important than playing what I think is cool. I learned wow. that a great musician is not someone who can necessarily play a lot. You know, it's 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 not what you can play that makes you a great <laughs> musician. It's what you choose to play wow. that makes you a great musician. Wow, yeah. And it's wonderful to have a big palette of different colors you can reach for and sure. absolutely practice, practice, learn those chops, copy other people's solos or whatever. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I don't like the sound of a bass solo. You know, <laughs> I'm a bass guitarist, yeah. but I don't really like that sound. Right. And there's people who do that and do that really well, but usually it's marveling at their technical dexterity. Right. And that's a valid way to enjoy music, but sure. I want to be making music for the masses. Right. You know, right. And, and connecting with the masses. So, yeah, I actually remember, like, in Melbourne, Australia, with this big pool of wonderful young musicians who all wanted to be professional and we were all like on this musical journey as we say and i remember starting to go along to jazz gigs and having these avant-garde sort of you know jazz rock fusion players come through town and you know right all my friends would go and i'd go and i'd be like okay he's amazing at (laughs) playing a lot of notes uh, but I'm not moved. Right. And I'd go and see these simple bands, you know, simple rock bands especially. Right. right. Or even like really spacious, simple music. And I'd be like, wow, there's more emotion here in these words, in this melody, wow. in these, the groove of this. Wow. And I remember all my standing at a fork in the road with all my musical compadres and just going, I choose to admire all those, all those amazing instrumentalists, but I want to swim more deeply into music that moves people right and you know what i am not the best instrumentalist of almost any of those guys i could think of right now that i was growing up with but i'm the only one that's a pro still wow Wow. they're all a lot of them still playing little bands here and there you know they play in their jazz clubs and stuff like that but or they sit there you know well, yeah, I think wishing as, something could be different. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him about all this, to be honest. But <laughs> right, that's my that's my impression. You know, they, there's nothing succeeds like persistence, and that's one thing that I am. Mm, right, and um, and then also going, I I would rather give joy to other people, right, than have this thing that I do and hope people are impressed by it, right. And I don't think jazz music. Look, I don't want to sound like I'm bad mouthing jazz musicians. No. They connect with people. That's great. Go for it. And I think they're expressing themselves and, and trying to give joy to people. But I think they've intentionally decided or they must knowingly go into it saying this is going to be a narrow audience. Well, I think as musicians, we're, we're so on the inside of music culture. And those are some of the people we hang with and maybe some of the people we're closest with. So then we try to speak in that subculture and that using that vocabulary. And we start to focus on what other musicians think. Instead of kind of considering, hey, there's going to be a lot of people outside of our musical bubble that we want to connect with, and they're not going to understand half of what we're doing here. So, you know, what I think I hear you saying is, why are, why are we doing that then? 
Are we are yeah. we playing to this niche audience of musicians, or are we trying to really connect with people who maybe don't have our little esoteric knowledge about whatnot? Yeah, and uh, am I playing to please myself with my playing? Or am I playing? Because that's part of it, and that's, right. that's never never going to die in me either. Because I, right? Uh, but 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 I I'm trying to please myself by pleasing people, I guess. Okay. You know, right. and ultimately, um, for for me, a, a person of, of faith in Jesus, you know, that right. I'm trying to play in a way that pleases God, and the way I feel like He's led me to do that is to craft things that help connect with people, especially nice. in a church situation. You know. Right. Right. So you find your way into a, a little band named Sonic Flood. Yep. And how, how did that happen? And and tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah. Well, understand uh, Sonic Flood were a hugely successful band before I joined. Okay. Uh, but but uh, yeah, like they were late nineties, early two thousands. Two gold albums, a lot of hits, and um, there was some internal strife with the band and some fighting and legal wrangling over the name. Um, but my boss, Rick Heil, who was then the lead singer, even though he was originally a bass player in the band, okay. uh, he was my boss. Oh. And it was very, very interesting because uh, the Paul Coleman trio finished and we were what I think of as being a real band, quote unquote. Right. Now, now that just means, hey, guys, let's go into this. It's almost like a business partnership slash marriage slash creative bouncing off each other, right. playing music with each other, and just more like the Three Musketeers, you know. Even though our band name was Paul Coleman Trio, um, you know, Paul would be right. the first to say it was a band. It okay. was three of us. Okay. You know, and our logo was like three toilet door men, all equal, all the same, you know. <laughs> all right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that what you told uh, your graphic designer? We would like three toilet men. Oh, well, I think it was his wife that came. <laughs> no, it was Phil's wife came up with it, you know, awesome. and we all liked it. So, you know, we weren't paying graphic designers. Come on, man. We were a Christian band in Australia. Everything was a, just do it yourself. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. All right. So, um, yeah, so there was this when, – when, when the trio finished and Brooke and I decided to stay in Nashville and have a go at being a bassist, I, I, I managed to find a few gigs playing for people like Todd Agnew and uh, a little bit for Matthew West and a little bit for uh, Phil wow. uh, Joel from – Newsboys and a, an artist named Nate Sally, and I formed a little band with another few guys called Roads to Rome. All right, um, but that was that was all that in in that year after the trio finished. And then a guy who I'd met when I was touring with the trio, uh, he was playing guitar now in Sonic Flood. And when their yeah. bassist said he wanted to leave, uh, I was mm-hmm. asked to audition, which I did, and yeah. I was offered the gig. And now I found myself in what I might call a Nashville style of making a band. Right. So to me, it was more the appearance of a band, but there was one boss and everyone else was hired or fired or quit as time wow. moved on. And and, uh, and that's a valid way to have a band too, but it's just not actually my favorite way of mm-hmm. being in a band. And it's actually not the, my favorite sort of band to listen to either. Okay. You know, I, I love listening to bands – that are more like the Three Musketeers, more okay. like people who are banded together with this common pers- purpose and, and common artistry. Like you listen to Led Zeppelin, you can go, wow, I can hear those four guys. Right, right. And I listen, I listen to the Beatles, even though there's a few other players flowing through there, you know, it's like, wow, I can hear George Harrison. Right. Him, like not just his guitar playing, I can hear who he is. I feel like that anyway. I feel like I can hear their relationships 
you listen to the White Album and don't come away feeling like, wow, this is a dysfunctional band still making great art, you know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's my yeah. feeling. Like, and that, that excites me. You know, I, yeah. I love, you know, even if there's a main person, like one of my favorite bands is a band called Crowded House. Okay. And it's really built around Neil Finn, one main guy, but it's still a band. And I feel okay. like I hear band. So, yeah, I really enjoyed my time with Sonic Flood, but was experiencing a different sort of band where we want you really as a technician bassist and a face in a photo shoot. And right. you can even do some interviews, but we're not really sure we want your creativity. We don't really want all of who you are. Right. We just want right. these components of who you are. Right. And and that's valid. And I was right. getting paid paid right. to do that. Like right. in the first situation, I was, you know, one of the shareholders in a business mm-hmm. and now I was an employee, right. you know, a subcontractor musician. And that's valid. Yep. But there you go. Yeah. They're very, very different. Two different models. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pros and cons. So, um, so touring with Sonic Flood, though, what, what, explain to us a little bit of what you experienced and what you learned while you were, you play, because you were packing out, I mean, pretty nice places, a lot of people coming out, and, and that kind of music is, it, were you trying to be a live worship band or were you trying to kind of do feature songs? Yeah, that's a really, really interesting question. And I think the difference between the two was very, very blurred to all of us. Mm. Um, and I think just to put it in a different way to make it more understandable to your listeners, Peter, what we're talking about is, are you a performance band where it's like, check us out, check these songs, enjoy? Right. And then there's what we call, quote unquote, a worship band where invariably there's a screen with words of the songs there and we're inviting people to sing with us. Right. And most of the songs are prayers to God. And uh, they, are, they, to me, are very are two very different things. There's, I love performing music for people. Enjoy this. Listen. Appreciate. Be moved by this poetry. Uh, sing along with our melody if you like, but really you're listening to us. Uh, that's why, that's, right. I love making music like that. Right. And then right. the other way is... Uh, it's an invitation to join a band to the congregation right. to this or audience. Join the band with right. us. Right. Don't Be part see of the a band. difference. Yeah. Don't see a difference between the platform, the stage, yes, and the and the comfortable seats. Right. And realize that God is the audience, and right. we're going to sing together to Him. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed my time with Sonic Flood, and and it was interesting because Sonic Flood is one of the bands that's known as being the forefathers of the modern worship revival. Quote wow. Unquote. Wow. You know, the band that broke the modern worship phenomenon. Because in the late wow. 90s, early 2000s, there was this massive, difficult change happening in music. And for many people, they're still experiencing it. You know, some people okay. call it the quote-unquote worship wars. Right. You know, where there was this, now people want to have drum kits and electric <laughs> guitars in a church service. Right. Some people were saying heresy. And other people were going, this is wonderful. The kids relate. This is great. And we're, and we're more passionate about this sort of style of music rather than the piano and organ and choir right. that was strictly held to before that. Right, exactly. So uh, I came out of my three or so years with Sonic Flood with two overwhelming lessons learnt. All right. Number one, that music was more powerful than I ever realised wow. and more capable than I ever realised at helping mm. people connect with God. You know, this wow. you can sing <sighs> prayers to God through songs and have them create an environment that's transformative right that 
that I believe is supernatural has it has eternal significance. Yes, it's not just this moment of a buzz. There's 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 healing that can happen in these moments. Mm. So my appreciation for music as a gift from God, God to be used for the benefit of people to help us connect more deeply with God and with each other. That's wow. that ramped up through my time with Sonic Flood. <laughs> wow. Now, this might sound like a contradiction, Peter, but the other thing I learned, which is actually more powerful, is this. The act of singing songs to God in and of itself is not worship. Nice. And I think to call us a worship band singing worship songs uh, is actually to misuse the word worship. Because I think to worship yes. God is a lot bigger than that. You know, Romans right. 12, 1 tells us to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, and let that be your spiritual act of worship. Right. And so, um, <laughs> I was more passionate about helping people utilize music as one of the expressions of worship. I'll put it that way. There you go. But realizing that true worship must continue after our songs are finished and as we leave the auditorium. Right. And that's the worship I really want to lead. If there's any sort of leading worship in me, it's pointing people to respond with their whole lives. I don't okay. want to think of what I do with a microphone and, and nowadays an acoustic guitar right? And, and with words about God or to God on a screen. That's not worship switching on and switching off. That's a particular way we can show the worth or worship God. Absolutely. Let's okay. do that. Let's okay. do it better. Yes. But let's um, – Let's remember this 24 7, 365, and 366 on a leap year of worship. Because you, know, right. you know the word worship's never used as an adjective in the Bible, right? We don't say mm. worship band, worship leader, worship pastor, worship service. That's right. only ever a verb. Right. It's something that people do. Right. And if they're not doing it, they're idolaters. You know, if wow. they're worshiping God, they're worshipers. And if they're worshiping something other than God, uh, higher than Him, then right. they're idolaters. And that's the whole story, I believe, of God and humanity. Right. Worship God or don't worship God. That's You could summarize the whole thing of that. And in a culture that has it understood that worship is something that I get given to me on Sunday morning, usually, inside right. this building with these specific, specific activities, uh, then we have diluted what it means to worship God. We've, we've right. changed. We, we have so easily fallen into a trap. Where people understand what you mean if you say, I didn't like worship this morning because the guitar was out of tune and it was too loud and I didn't like the song choice. But, wow. but worship's not for us. Wow, you know? that's brutal. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> but a... I, but I love the church yeah. and I want us to sing better yes. and more. And that's what More the Music Mentor is all about. You know, I think right. I think this journey that I've been on, you know, from, from garage bands or even going back to brass bands to garage bands to – Original bands to cover bands to the Paul Coleman trio to being a hired bassist, uh, and and through most of this time, in fact, all, I was going to say all this time as a bassist, playing in the church, playing in these bands in the church as well. You know the the quote unquote worship band, right? Yeah, I love the church, right. and I want to see us utilize music as our, as at least I believe God intended it. Right, right, yeah, but, and we need to look at these terms that yeah. we're using and you know, consider what, what we mean by these terms, because we've made, yeah. mu like you say, we've made music and worship synonymous. And those are, those words, they're yeah. not the same word. People use the word worship as a euphemism for songs right. about God that we sing congregationally. Right. And 
it's not using the Bible like that. And I think if you go back to the the history of a word, that's where you see its truer, deeper meaning that right. we're allowed to change. You know, just in the same way that the word awesome used to be a powerful, potent word that we used to describe when we were filled with awe and wonder and amazement by something. You know, God is awesome or a mountain range is awesome. Right. But in 2017, awesome is pretty much anything you like. How's your, how's your burger? Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> you know, so the word's been overused and misused and the meaning has changed. And the same thing has happened to the word worship. And, um, right. you know, this happened to me while I was in Sonic Flood. I, I, I read this little known verse from the Bible, James one twenty six, And it, the translation I read said, if anyone considers himself religious yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Wow. And I thought the verse must be about um, telling dirty jokes or lying or swearing, you uh-huh. know, like cussing. Uh-huh. Um, but then I realized, you know what? This verse is not actually going deep into my heart because of the word religion and religious that are in it. Because like the word awesome, the word religion has been overused and misused. And and right. now in 2017, or when I was reading this, to be religious was a negative thing. Oh, he's so religious, you know. Oh, like right. it's a, the, it used to be good to be religious, meaning I – choose to respond to who God is in these ways. That's right. what that's what that's what it originally meant to be religious and that's what I think James is writing to us about. Right. But I realized that the little Greek word thrace gaia that had been translated for us in James one twenty six as religion and religious is better translated like this. Check it out, Peter. And when I realized this, I was blown across the room. If anyone considers himself a worshipper, yet does not keep a tight run on his tongue, he deceives himself. And his worship is worthless. Wow. The next verse says, because pure and perfect worship is, excuse my paraphrase, is not gathering and singing praises to God. It's caring for orphans and widows in their trouble and remaining uncorrupted by the world. And when I read that, I had been corrupted by my Christianese wow. worship band, yes. worship song, worship leader, worship pastor, worship experience, culture. Yes. So I decided to stop using the word worship as an ineffective, misleading adjective. Right. I don't even believe it's fully potent as a noun, you know, a thing. Okay. We have right. worship at 9.30 right. and 11. It's this thing. No, worship is something you do or you don't do. Oh, you could argue it this way. We are always worshipping, but what are we worshipping and right. how are we worshipping? And, and understand that the big question from God is worship me and only me. And if anything else you do should be an expression of who I am. So uh, that's uh, I decided to change that the word usage in my own vocabulary, and um, it's been transformative. It's been a, ca- a catalyst for change. I'm, be- I'm beginning to see that the way I raise my children, the way I keep my marriage vow, yeah. is a way of worshiping God. You wow. Know? The yeah. websites I go to or don't go to, these are expressions of the worth of God. The books I read, the movies I watch, you know, how I spend my money. You know, like I think this is what it means to worship God in spirit and in truth. You know, it's recognizing that I'm filled with the Spirit of God. And the truth is, where God is, He must be being worshipped. And if worship to me is something that switches on and switches off when there's a particular song being played by a band or, you know, even, or a choir and, or, and an organ and a piano, if that's when right. worship switches on right. and switches off with the right. clock, uh, <laughs> right. I, I, I'm concerned that we have created a worship of our own design rather than the worship that God requires. Right, right. Mm. So, I see. so ultimately to worship God is to to obey him and discern his purposes right. and live that way. 
but that's 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 largely disguised from us, unfortunately. Right. You when know, we, we when we use these terms loosely or improperly. Yeah, I think, and I think it works two ways. You know, where we use the words um, inaccurately, at least, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, it it shows something that's hidden from even our intellect, deeper in our hearts. Mm. Deep, you know, I want to worship God on my terms. You mm. know, the way that fits into my busy lifestyle right, that, right. that, that my culture way. has taught me to worship. <laughs> right. In a yeah. comfortable way from 10.30 to uh, 10.50. Yeah, or if I put a Tomlin's, you know, playlist on, right, you know, right. I'm driving, you know, or, right. or when I'm doing my private Bible study or, you know, whatever. Right. You know, this, these are right. my moments of worship. Right. And, and right. they are very important, right. I think, valuable expressions of worship. Yes. But um, it's still the switch on and switch off that I don't understand should be the case right from from at least the new covenant of, right. of, uh, of scripture but the other way it works is i think that it actually steers our life you know we, we read that a ship that's steered by a little rudder is a picture of my life being steered by my tongue mm, you right. know and jesus says things like hey it's not what goes into your mouth that's going to condemn you it's what comes out <laughs> you know right and and many many other passages besides that say the way you speak is really important. It actually steers your life. Right. That, that's right. why wow. I – now, I don't want to jump up and down about this. Look, I, I know I'm in a culture – it's really, really tough for me to stick with this, by the way, with the way I want to use the word worship. And I try not to stomp on people. Right. Because uh, this is the culture we're in. And, you know, the person who says worship band, worship leader, they might be a, a, a more valuable worshiper to God than I am. I can't measure that. Only God can, you know. Right. But I just this is something that's been very, very true and powerful for me. Yeah. And I pass it on to others if they're willing to listen. But I just pass it on to people. Hey, this is not the be all and end all. But if we look at the way the word worship is used in the Bible and then we look at all these other passages that say, be careful how you speak, you right. know, speak speak truth, don't speak what you, just because your culture says to say it that way, then it's at least worth considering, you know, especially if you think of the Bible as being, you know, God's written word to us and something to utilize to help us discern his will for us. So I'm just, I'm thinking about uh, the Levites right now. They had priestly duties and uh, and worship leading duties. Right, but I would say they were responsible for praise singing as one of the expressions of worship leading. All right. Okay. You know what I mean? That's a lot right. more words right. because it's because you just then use the word worship in a 2017 way, not right. a BC way. Right. Good thought. Good thought. So, uh, and the last thing I want to do is discount the importance of music in the church. In fact, if you look at what I'm doing with my life through more than music mentor, I'm trying to actually uh, elevate and improve yes. that musical expression of worship. Yes. And I think the reason one of the reasons why I'm more passionate about music in the church and utilizing it as as one of the ways we worship God, one of the reasons why that's gone up in me is because I've realized that 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 moment of singing to God is woven into the fabric of a life surrendered in worship. Mm. Now Mm. it's actually more important to me, not Mm. less. So that's what has struck me as I listen to you is you have this wealth and this breadth of experience and now you are turning around and, and not just keeping it to yourself you're really trying to share this and talk to people about this and yeah. kind of walk people through some of these lessons that you've learned and some of these ideas that you've accumulated 
Exactly. And, you know, I, I've got my website, morethanmusicmentor.com, where there's right. a bunch of free video and uh, article resources. But what I love to do most is actually go on site with a, with a church's team and listen to them play and remind them of the importance of music in the church and, and why we would have music. You know, so many instrumentalists and singers and technicians in the church I, I, I suspect that the reason why they think we have music is because we have music. That's what we do. You <laughs> right, know? right. For 2,000 years, people who call themselves Christian have gathered together and sung songs together. So right. that's what we do. Right. Part of our culture, part of our Yeah, heritage. I guess so. I mean, yeah. people don't practice. They show up late. They're out of tune. They don't care. Yeah, their instrument's got strings from six years ago. And, you know, like, it's it's just, well, this is what we have to do. <laughs> right. But, but right. yeah, and, I, and I'm grossly generalizing and painting with a, a tar brush there far too widely because there are people who are extremely uh, passionate about utilizing music really well. But, right. you know, I'm at that grassroots level that I find myself with, you know, whether that be a small church in, you know, the Midwest somewhere or a big church in Orlando, Florida or, you know, whatever, uh, I've seen a big wide range of it. You know, right. well, I think all could stand to be reminded of the big reasons why we have music because that'll if we understand why we have music more deeply than what we're going to play and how we're going to play it. You know, whether I'm going to, you know, will I prepare? Will I, will I spend some time practicing my parts? Those things only make sense as they flow out of the big why. Right. You know? Right. Right. So yeah, I love getting with teams, reminding people of why, and then listening to them and, and, and helping them make adjustments based on the big reasons why we agree that we have music in the church. And then, given the opportunity, I love to point people to this this expanded understanding of what it means to worship God. Right. And one of the things that I think is so valuable, I mean, I've, I've checked out your videos, and they're so good. I, I don't, I think, if you're a worship leader, producer, music director, you, you should just be pulling one of those out at the start of every rehearsal. And just oh, kind, of re- kind of yeah. review, hey, here's some things to think about, and let's talk about this stuff. Um, maybe not right now because we don't want to spend 25 minutes talking about that <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. we got music to rehearse, but sometime we need to be talking about this. And I think that's the real value of what I see in you because there's going to be a mix of people in any church, right? There's going to be some oh, yeah. people that they get it and they're passionate and they're doing their work and they're showing up on time. And then there's other people that it's just not making sense to them for whatever reason and they're approaching it the same way they approach their band in in high school and what i see is that you could get everyone kind of on the same sheet of music as it were right yeah. with why yeah. are we doing this what are we and w- when we talk about this i think it really helps to make that all clear and get everyone connecting exactly and that's and that's what music's for to help us connect right that's what it's all about Right. Connection. I, I like to think of horizontal connection. You know, the peop, the group of people who sing together. Right. Especially if they're singing truths of the gospel. Right. That 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 group is more connected than the group that doesn't. There you go. Um, and you we go. also are striving for this connection with God. You know, right. it's it's the vertical connection. That's yeah. what music's for to help us connect with God and each other. Right. There you go. It's not. It's not to so I can feel cool about myself or. <laughs> You know, drag myself through continuing a two thousand year old tradition, even right. though it's a beautiful privilege to continue that tradition. It's not the most important reason. Right, love God and love others. That's what we're yeah. trying to trying to put some feet to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So, um, Todd, give us give us a little example of some of the things that you focus on uh, when you would it, when you would come out and spend some time with a with a band or or with a church or a community. Yeah, great. Well, um, well, I've, I recognize that there's there's heart things and art things. I want to speak to a team about if okay. I've visited a church, and, right. and if you if your American audience is an understanding heart and art, you know, <laughs> there you go. That's 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 helping you, you out there. Thank you for translating. Yeah, I'm bilingual. No. Uh, um, and it's really hard to separate the two. But I've actually found that most churches, they don't think they need the heart stuff or they think they've got that covered. And, you know, maybe they do. Right. Um, but most of them seem more interested in having, you know, excuse me for putting it this way. Oh, we could have a Grammy-nominated, Dove Award-winning pro musician come and coach our team. Right. They they want musical coaching, art stuff. Okay. All right. Um, um, with with but, a little uh, prestige but, thrown in. Yeah, maybe. To get, I don't know. to get everyone to come out. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's yeah. it. So so I would generally do a little bit of you, – you've got to know why we're having music before you move okay. to the what and the how. But right. if you really want the what and the how, I'll make the why as brief as I can. Let's agree <laughs> – that the Bible tells us to sing praises to God. Let's agree that um, this is not a concert performance primarily, right. even though there's an, there's an element to performance to it. Um, we are here to invite a group of people to recognize God is the audience. There you go. And we are going to sing to Him and about Him. Mm. We're going to we're going to sing prayers to God, and we're going to remind each other of truths of about mm. God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we agree on that? Yes, mm-hmm. we all agree. Okay. So here's the thing, terms like we're going to make people enter the throne room or, you know, things like that, I can't measure those. Right. You know, if I'm going to usher in the presence of God, I, 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 I don't know what to do with that, Peter, to be honest right. with you. But I'll right. tell you what I can do. Right. I can get people singing praises to God. Okay. And I'll let him decide what's really worshipful and, you know, where his presence was and what his presence was doing. Right. And I'll have a, I'll have a sense of those things. But I want to suggest that if we're in a church band, we're singers or instrumentalists or technicians, our objective should be get people singing great songs that are prayers and reminders of truth. Okay. Okay. So with that based... Yeah, with that, with that, our foundational agreeing why. Then let's move to the what and the how. So it's it's usually two two main things I'm trying to work on. And if I don't get these two right, that's all we work on. <laughs> it's uh, to me the what we're actually asking a congregation to sing is the lyrics and the melody of the song. So right. I work to make sure that the vocalists, if there's one leading vocalist or more, that we are presenting a very clear, uh, singable for for people who don't think of themselves as being singers, melody and lyric. And that means not em- over-embellishing, not thinking you're performing with jazz licks or, you know, right. or being a oh, sort of scoop vocalist <laughs> like like some people in the South are or you know, I don't know where. But, yeah. you know, we're going to sing with the voice that people in the congregation go, I can sing that. And we're not going to overcomplicate it with harmony vocals. I'm going to speak to the sound engineer right. and say – 
I want this female who's singing the melody and this male who is singing the melody prominent in the mix. And anyone right. else who's singing also, they might go to harmonies in a later chorus of the song, but I want them mixed softer so that that right. doesn't confuse the congregation about what they're supposed to sing. So there's a lot of that, consolidating the melody, uh, uh, unifying and, our vocal approach. And, and just to and, jump in on that, I love yeah. that you're making the sound guy part of the band, right? Uh, the He's, most important member of the band, there you go. I would say. Absolutely. You know, if, yeah. And this, this horrible divide a lot of times between the technician and the those on the platform. Right. You wouldn't need to break that down. So, but as far as what comes from the platform to the sound person, you know, I'm, I'm going to work on that lyric and melody from, right. the, from the leading vocalists. And right. I insist on a male and a female singing the melody because mm-hmm. the congregation is roughly 50% male and 50% female and they all need to hear their note don't think that musically untrained non-vocal people will be able to pick an octave above or below there there you go and so and that'll and that'll force you to choose the key that's congregational don't choose a key for your lead vocalist choose a key for the congregation but you see this goes back to your initial but you know a proxy measure right we can't we can't actually measure how people are worshiping so the proxy measure we choose is people singing so if we've identified yep. this, right, and we, we, yep. we, we understand our focus, that's going to inform that those decisions. What key are we going to sing in? It, all that what and the how get a lot easier if we can agree on that proxy. Nice. But I don't want to say, so we should never perform. You know, I mm, think there is a right. place, even in the church service, to go, let's yes. listen to Stephanie sing this song for us. Mm. Yep. And we choose her key and we let yep. her rip it. And she's a soul sister, you know. She can do all that curvy stuff and the woodly stuff. Yeah. And let her do it and yep. let us do that to the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. See, the thing to me, if Sonic Flood was a quote unquote worship band, so was the Paul Coleman trio. Okay. Just that one asked people to sing along with them more overtly than the other. Right. You know, but it's right. but we we hope that everything we're doing is worshipful to God. Right. And while we recognize that in part we're still idolaters and it's not pure yet. You know. Right. Right. Whether it's congregational right. singing or not. So free right. yourself. This was like a bag of rocks falling off my shoulders, Peter. <sighs> oh I don't have to create worship for people. Right. Worship is only from the creator to the creator and mm. only God measures it. Mm. I have to get people singing praises to him. Mm as one of the ways we hope is worshipful. Mm-hmm. And I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was freeing for me. Oh, but, but we've got to clear in our mind what we're trying to do. Is this mm. a song where we're trying to invite people in? And and how, how do you indicate that? Is that just indicated simply by whether there's lyrics on the screen or not? Or Yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, I think it's a bit different in a concert situation. Like, like right. I think Phil Wickham's an amazing artist, right? Yeah, right. If I went and saw a Phil Wickham concert, I expect him to blur the lines between performance and congregational singing. Okay, right. I want him to do that because I don't want him to sing it in my key. Right. I'm going to sing it in his key. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to revel right. in the joy. And he's going to put words on the screen probably. Yeah. You know? And I'm going to sing along as I'm able, but I'm also there to enjoy this gifting that God's given Phil Wickham. Right. And and that's totally cool. But in a church setting, like a church service setting, we should not be trying to reproduce Phil Wickham in front of 12,000 people or Hillsong or Tom or whatever. Right. Or Elevation. You know, like don't try and reproduce that with your congregation of 700 or 250 or what right. on a Sunday morning, right. you'll never be a good enough cover band to impress people every Sunday. 
with oh, that. I love that. Oh, I so, love that. So now let's let's change how we do this right. so that people are connecting. They have a strong sense of being part of a community, connected, and we're singing to God. Right. That's what will keep people coming back. Right. You will never be a good enough band. So the, the idea is in, in that church service setting, typically Sunday morning, let's make almost all of it congregational mm-hmm. every now and again. We might go and we have to make it really clear, just with an with a with a, a verbal cue. Mm-hmm. Uh, during yeah. the offering, we'd love you to listen to a song there you go. that we might sing congregationally in the future. But just let this song flow over you. Mm. And we're in, we're even going to put the words on the screen, and we're not going to say you must not sing, but this is this is crafted for you to listen to mm. and to and to dwell in it. Mm-hmm. Or we might even say let's let's just listen to. Um, John sing verse one in the first chorus, just yeah. to remind us of how this rather new song goes. Right. And then let's all join together with verse two. And just make that super, super clear. You, people, one of the fastest ways to make people not sing is that, that they are confused about whether you are performing for them or asking to join the band. Right. Just be really, really clear about it in your own mind and be clear to them. There you go. Yeah. So, But, you know, I, I go to some of these bigger conferences and stuff and it gets tough for people to know where on that continuum they are. It does. Am I performing or am I leading congregational singing? And if the higher joy is getting people to connect with God through a song, then let's do more of that and lean harder that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And every now and again we might go, you know, I wrote this song. It's not congregational at all. It's actually about how I learned about God's love for me as I adopted Marcus in, as one of my kids, I realized there more deeply go. I was adopted. Here's a song for you to listen to. Wow. Wow. You know? Yeah. Sing a new song. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just have it really clearly in your, clearly in your mind. Is this right. congregational? And it's because that's, that's, is it congregational law performance realizing that both are, can be expressions of worship and both are fraught with temptations to idolatry. Right. You know? Right. It's okay. Right. It's okay. But just be clear about it. And that's, that's probably the main problem I see as I listen to church bands and visit and go to conferences and concerts and things like that is, is it's like, we don't really know whether we're performing for or inviting people to join. Right. Right. And I certainly can say that was me when I was in Sonic Flood. Yeah, you know, interesting. We, we did a, we did a lot of prancing, stancing, and left and right glancing. <laughs> I call it. You know, it was there was a light show. There was smoke. There was That's a there strong was stuff, visual there. You know, you know, and we would have these moves that we like. Oh, I'd go over during the guitar solo and be next to you know, like there'd be all right. this stuff. Share microphones. Like, That's totally cool. Yeah, a little bit of that. Little little bit of you know, Jack Jagger Richards going on. Um, yeah, and it's like these are techniques to impress people. Can right. it be done to the glory of God? Well, right. it can be, I guess, but ultimately let's search our hearts and realize maybe not as much as we'd like. Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, there, there was this great deal of confusion, and that's that's what I'm so thankful to my boss, Rick Heil, and all of my experience in Sonic Flood. It made it really clear to me that, uh, you know, as I said before, you know, music's this wonderful gift from God to help yeah. us connect. Yeah, but let's make a clear distinction between performance of music and leading a congregation to sing praises to God. Right. So now, as as heart as our as the heart informs our art, what are what are some of the things that you're talking about with the instrumentalists and the band and and, and what they're doing? Yeah. Well, I spoke about vocalists just before. The the second thing I really jump into is drums and bass. All right. Foundational stuff. 
And it's really tough because I lean into people's playing and singing and engineering when I'm doing right. one of these workshops more than people are used to. Right. Nice. So I have to paint this little picture for them. I usually say, you know, if you were holding your newborn child and I said, your baby is ugly. <laughs> it needs a new face. <laughs> That's horrible. That's really hard to hear That's that, hard right? To That's hard to hear that. That's- that's rude. Right. I shouldn't be speaking like that. So, I, I and this is the best picture I can come up with. Hey, um, when I speak to you about your drumming or your singing or your engineering or whatever, I'm not speaking about your baby. I'm not speaking right. about your girlfriend, your right. mother. I'm not speaking about who you are. I'm speaking about this thing we're doing. Right. So, let's imagine we're building a truck together and we want to make this off-road journey to a mountaintop. And I've made this journey hundreds of times. I've built dozens of trucks I'm going to help you build a truck. Right. So if I say we need different tires, let's change the tires. If we need to get rid of the fuzzy dice hanging from the rearview mirror, let's get rid of them. We'll make that journey better. Would you trust me for this workshop and just try it? There you go. You can reject it after I'm gone if you want, but I hope you're done. So so if we have agreed that that mountaintop is get the people singing, then I can say things like, whoa, whoa, drummer, that fill – Cut across the lead vocal. There you go. It was too busy. It was too much. It felt like it was also going out of time. So it felt like a stair, you know, drum kit being pushed down a stairwell, buddy. (laughs) I'm usually kinder than that, but it depends on the guy. Well, you know, you know, but but it's like no, we all lost that. Hey, band, did you feel when we hit that big drum fill, singers? Did you feel like it was harder to sing? Yeah, we did. Yeah. And bass player, did you feel like you didn't know where he was anymore and you didn't right. know where to land? Yeah, I did. Okay, so let's remove that fill and right. just and, – and we're going to actually ask you to listen to a metronome as we play now. Right. In right. fact, no fills until you've found groove. Right. And then yeah. let's repeat a particular kick pattern during the verse that the bass player can lock with. There Let's just do that. And let's do that for a, a verse and a chorus. Stop. Okay, singers, how did you feel? That was so much better. The congregation is going to agree with that. Right. But they're going to sing better too. Right. But because you played it less. And I want you drummer and bass player to taste the higher joy. Mm. Better than going. Right. You know, whatever right. you want. Like, whatever you feel like you need to do to feel like you're a valued musician. Right. Set that aside and taste the higher joy. So we're trying to create a space, create space yeah, for space. each other, for the congregation. Yeah, the, the, you uh, you want to craft a sound that has this gaping hole in it wow. that the congregation goes, oh, they really do want us to join this sound. Right. In fact, this sound doesn't make sense without us. Oh, wow. In fact, those lead vocalists, when they can tell that we are able to sing this one well, they're backing off their microphones oh, and we're man. feeling our own voice in the room, singing praises to God. And that's so going to inspire powerful. me to sing louder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that just gives you goosebumps because we've all been there when that happens. Yeah. But but it doesn't happen enough, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't happen enough. And, and we really should be on that platform, especially right. if you're the leading vocalist or one of the leading vocalists. Get off the microphone as much as you can um, so that people yeah. realize you're not performing for them. Right. There you go. If what you're a, sure they know this song, step away. What a you great know, and, mindset. Yeah, and, and do it firstly during those quieter moments. Yep. You know, but as you train your congregation over weeks or months, uh, do it more and more and more. You guys mm-hmm. know this one. I'm just going to start you off. Right. Uh, nice. Hey, nice. Off the mic. 
keep singing off the mic. Keep singing like you're a congregation yeah. member. Right. Because you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Nice. But, you know, I think we also need to give per- people permission to do this. Because I know as a keyboard player, I felt like, you know what? You don't need me on the second verse. Uh, let's just let the guitar do some, uh, you know, some doodles. But I sometimes I feel like, you know, is it okay if I stop playing? Will everyone look at me and go, you know, is everything okay? Is something wrong? Right, right. Yeah. You know what Mozart said? He said, notes are made of silver. Rests are golden. Oh, wow. And um, I, I agree. You know, sometimes the right musical choice is not playing or playing just one note. Right. You know? Right. Uh, leaving the space. That's the right musical choice. And I'd invite right. you if to, to sing. If you've decided to stop playing your keyboard, mm-hmm. sing. Yeah. Sing with us and, yeah. and listen. Listen to the room. It's pop out your in-ear monitor. <laughs> Get rid of both of them. Throw, flush them down a toilet for all I care. You know, like let's listen to the room and listen to each other. Let's yeah. listen to our whole band rather yeah. than my little – IEM mix of just yeah. me and the click, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Such good stuff, man. Well, I really want to encourage everyone to to go check out Grant's stuff. Um, go hit him up at More Than Music Mentor or GrantNorsworthy.com. He's on Facebook. Um, he's got a great blog, and his uh, articles are getting picked up and are bouncing around the internet. So um, definitely go check those out. I think they're they'd be really compelling. Uh, for your band uh, to think about, to meditate on, um, and probably be very encouraging for you if you're a music director or worship pastor or something. So, yeah, yeah, you're doing a great job, music director. I, I think I could help you do even better. There you go. That's that's the idea here. Um, please don't hear me as saying you're all wrong. You know, like <laughs> I I learn stuff every every church I visit. But right, you know. I, the, the websites, please go to the website, check out the free resources there, but it will never be as good as having me come out and do it in person. So please consider having, having me come out. That's what I'm sitting here in Nashville, Tennessee as a resource to the church. There you go. And, um, you know, I've also developed this thing that I call remote coach where if, if the cost is too restrictive to bring me out to your church, then upload a video uh, unlisted to YouTube and I'll watch it and I'll have some FaceTime chats with you and coach, coach some stuff from there. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That sounds fantastic. But, you yeah. know, the, the other thing is that the definition of an expert is someone who's traveled to get there. So sometimes you can be the music director or pastor and you can be trying to, you know, bring your team on board and trying to bring them together. But just the act of someone different coming in from the outside and saying the exact same thing you might want to say yeah. is going to is going to have more attention grabbing, you know, power to it. Like it'll facilitate more conversations. And then you can yeah. just come in and kind of back up what Grant is saying. Hey, remember when we talked about this? I thought that was really powerful. What do you guys think? Exactly. You know, and I hear it over and over again. I've been trying to teach that drummer about those drum fills <laughs> for a year. And now he gets it. You know, like it's like I know, I know. I, I just said it with a with a cooler accent than you. Right, that's, right, that's, <laughs> right. I mean, that's I don't know. Uh, that's I mean, the I'd power like to think of the Australian this, accent, really. Well, and in Australia, we're we're a bit more direct, you know. All right. And if you can do that direct, people knowing that you you are really caring for people, and right, you know, it's not a. Your, your baby's ugly, but hey, right. let's build a better truck, shall we? Yeah. You know, if you can come across like that, uh, which I. Don't always, you know. I have upset a few people. Sorry, sorry, people. Um, but uh, not many. Almost like you know. I'm going to say point zero zero one percent. Okay. 
Right. And they're usually people who walked in late and didn't hear the talk about the truck right. and the baby and the why. Right. You know? And didn't get where you were coming from. But yeah. I, I, but I think it's so powerful to name this stuff, particularly as a, as a group, as a small community, because everybody's hearing it. I mean, that's exactly what you're, you're asking the bass player. Did you hear that when the drummer kept steady time and didn't play that fill? You know, everybody's yeah. hearing this stuff already. So why not just talk about it? And, yeah. and and get connected on this. Come to some agreement on this. Yeah. Because we can all learn from each other. That's for sure. Yeah. That's for, I'm learning all the time. And yeah. That's, that's a, a lot of fun to be to be learning. And even even to get feedback from the sound guy. I mean, I've had sound guys come and talk to oh, me wrong, and go, wrong choice of word. Let's not <laughs> use the word feedback with the sound guy. But, uh, <laughs> to give them their Oops. response. Yes. To, they have a response. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, oh, it is so much about the sound guy. Got it. Yeah. Or gal, you know, the or person gal. operating the desk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Imperative. Yes. Yes. Exactly. But I mean, they can give really good feedback. Oh, there I did it again. They can give really good constructive criticism back as well because they have that bigger picture, right? They're looking yeah, at. Yeah, they're the everything. only objective ears in the room, as right. far as I can tell. There you, you know, go. They're they're enough removed to be able to go. You know, I, I really feel like there's too much going on here. We've got a, we've got a keyboard, an electric guitar, an acoustic guitar, all right. filling this mid-range that's in a very complicated way. Right. And that's where the congregation wants to sing. That's fi- that's filling in the hole that we're trying to create. Exactly. So we- what are we, what are we going to do there, team, to help that that congregation be invited into a gap in that right. mid-frequency? Right. Or or do we want to just leave it up to the sound tech to figure out which two channels he's going to mute? Right. You know, to make room. I mean. Either yeah. we do the arranging and the work, or they're going to have to do it. We're just pushing it down the line, and yeah. is that where we want the decisions being made? You know, so yeah, so and much- that'll always be less than it could have been if we make yeah. if we delivered something good to start with. Right, that's that's the way you get a good mix is good arranging and and talking through all this stuff and working through all this. So, absolutely, great stuff, Grant. Um, Thank you so oh, much for, yeah. for coming and talking with us. We really appreciate it. Um, it's been, been a lot of fun speaking to you. Thank you so much. I hope people hit me up after this and send me an email. The email contact from my websites actually do come to my, my inbox, and I respond to every one of them. Okay. So, yeah. Great. And There's a lot of R's in there, but uh, I hope, <laughs> hope you <laughs> R's, but R's. hopefully your listeners will uh, discombobulate that. GrantNorsworthy.com. GrantNorsworthy. GrantNorsworthy. There you go. There you go. Thanks for putting it into English for us. Thank you, Peter Milano Bellano. <laughs> Thank you. you did pretty good on that. That's pretty good. I'm trying. You got that. Um, all right. On the way out, we are going to listen to... Uh, yeah, I, I, I did a, a solo record in 2012, um, and I want to do another one soon, but I'm not really trying to be a musical artist, but i still got all these songs that I write and okay. love to record and stuff. But So, yeah, this is Bring Me to My Knees. Okay. Grant Norsworthy. Excellent. Wonderful. All right. Thanks so much, Grant. Thank you, Peter.
Please rate this podcast on iTunes.